Doom Patrol, Negative Man, Elastigirl, Robot Man. Someone wants the Doom Patrol reunited. Your every word and action is being broadcast across the planet. Now, Monsieur Mana! Well done, my Doom Patrol. Well done. It is too late for you, Calder. Your beloved patrol is doomed. Hello and welcome to Waiting for Doom, the Doom Patrol podcast, where every week we talk about the Doom Patrol, except for the weeks when we don't. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, hello, I'm Mike. You can find me on Twitter at AvantGarve. You can find us on WaitingForDoom.com these days. You can also contact us via WaitingForDoom at gmail.com or on the Waiting for Doom Facebook page. And all our episodes are available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Podbean.com and Spotify, because we're so up with the tech that the young kids love, Paul, aren't we? Oh. We are, yeah. yeah. I'm Paul. You can find me on Twitter at reading underscore Hicks. And you can also get in touch with our Sentient Show Twitter account, Wilfred at WFD Pod. So, what's happening today, Mike? Uh, this week, we are back to Volume 5 of Doom Patrol, getting into some Ooh. Keith Giffen, Matthew Clark, and Ron Randall goodness this time around. So, it's magic. Very excited to be getting back to that. But how has your week and a bit been since we last chatted about comics and such, Paul? Well, I've been having a great time. I've been reading uh, The Wildstorm by Warren Ellis and John Davis Hunt, and um, it's fantastic. I've had such a good time reading that. Okay, cool. cool. So this is the reimagining of the Wildstorm universe um, in... Yeah, it's, it came out, what, I think it started like two years ago. It, they've just finished their 24-issue uh, run. Okay. And I've read 18 of them. Whoa. Uh, Three of the trades digitally, and oh, I, I had a blast with that. It, I mean, it's something about the digital experience and John Davis Hunt's art is just fantastic because you know there's all these action sequences that are choreographed so well, mm-hmm. and they were, you know, when you're reading it on the um, the page view or, or the, the you know um, panel view, mm-hmm. it, it's it's just like it's magic. There's this bit where um, someone gets a bullet lodged in their armor at the start, and it has these little lights on it that start blinking off. And when the three lights are gone, it blows him to bits. But just <laughs> seeing that in panel view was fantastic. It was wow. like watching an animation because you could see the lights just counting down and then boom, guts <laughs> everywhere. But um, I'm really enjoying the story, the characterization. It's something about Warren Ellis. When you read a lot of him, you get kind of a bit over it, the voice that comes through. But mm-hmm. um, if you if you take a bit of a break, uh, it's really good to come back to. So uh, I highly recommend The Wildstorm. It's Did- a really good read. Did did you ever read any of the old Wildstorm stuff from back in the day, or is this all? Oh new? yeah, sure, sure. Okay. Yeah, I did. okay. Um, I, yeah, I bought like everyone. I bought Wildcats when it first started for about four issues, and that was enough. Um, and then, but I got on board with Stormwatch, and that led into the Authority when uh, uh, Warren Ellis was writing it all. Right. And yeah, I'm a big planetary fan, and um, I mean Joe Casey's Wildcats run too. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, read a lot of it. Excellent. What about you? Um, I have read a couple of comics, and I mean literally two comics <laughs> since Ooh. we last spoke. One of those being uh, issue three of Ascender by Jeff Lemire and Dustin Nguyen uh, from Image Comics. Uh, I will contend that this is one of the most gorgeous comic book series I have ever read. Dustin's watercolour art on this is just fantastic stuff. Uh, if you've read Descender, this is a sequel series to it. It's set, I think, about 10 years after the end of Descender, and there are more characters being introduced that you first met in Descender 
and you kind of learn the fates of some of them in Ascender, and it's not all happy ever after stuff, and it's really cool! It's really good stuff. And the other one was uh, a mini-comic I picked up at a, a comic swap meet over here uh, a, a few weeks back, and this is called Astounding Science Fiction Adventures by a small uh, indie outfit, I guess you'd call them, uh, called Edge Comics, and you can find them online uh, at edgecomics.com. That's E-D-G-E-C-O-M-I-X, because that's how the cool Ooh. kids say it. Uh, and this, is, uh, this was written by ac- an actual fan of the show I know in real life. This was written by a guy called Brad Daniels, uh, and he does a lot of independent comic stuff, and the art's by someone called Kelly Coleman. And it's just a cool little sci-fi adventure about these three astronauts that land on a bizarre planet. Uh, and what happens with the life forms they find on there. And it's really cool fun. Uh, it's so, um, yeah, I'm, I was really glad I picked that up because Brad writes some fun stuff. Um, so, yeah, those are literally the only two comics I have read in the past mm-hmm. week and a bit, partly because I started a new temporary job uh, this week, and I have been... Oh, I learned last week, I'm sorry. Uh, so I've sort of been learning all as much as I can, because I'm only there sort of filling in for someone for till the end of September. So I'm trying to get as much knowledge as possible into my little brain <laughs> in a short span of time. Uh, I think I'm doing okay. It's been a trying couple of days so far, week two. So I'm a little bit worn out <laughs> by the time I get home. But, you know, I'm powering on. It's an interesting challenge. And, you know, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger or something like that you know are you doing uh, is it can i ask about the job is it doing the windscreens at the traffic lights no it's not paul oh okay because that can be challenging you've got to get out of the way of the cars and you know time it so yeah 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 Yeah. and when people say no but you just start doing it you know you've got to pick the ones who actually have cash title of the sex tape Uh, Sorry, um, no, it's it's not it's not an outdoors job at all, Paul. It's, oh, uh, no, it's, okay. it's not, I don't know what would give you that idea. <laughs> <laughs> right, good, good grief! Look, how about we try and you know salvage this show and go and have a look at what's happening in the Doom News desk. Doom News, yes. <laughs> So, in the Doom News, it's very exciting. We've got the solicitations for the November issue of Doom Patrol Weight of the Worlds. And this one is a complete surprise, because it's not only is it drawn by uh, Becky Cloonan, but it's written by Becky Cloonan and Michael Conrad. Mm. And uh, so, we're getting this run interrupted by a new creative team, just for, I think it's a one-shot. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. So, um, yeah, this is this is what it says. It's a Troll World number five, written by Becky Cloonan and Michael Conrad. Art and cover by Becky Cloonan, and uh, the cover shows um, sort a sort of uh, Polaroid shot of the Doom Patrol uh, pinned to a board mm. or something. Hmm. And uh, yeah, big surprise character return in this issue because it said Clark is a comic book fan just like you. And his favourite title is Doom Patrol. But Clark's fandom is put to the test when he literally falls into the reality of the world's weirdest superheroes, where he must team up with the long-lost Doom Patrol heroine Dorothy Spinner in her first appearance in more than a decade. 
And it's uh, on sale on the uh, 11th of the 6th. No, the 6th of the 11th, 19. So uh, November the 6th, uh, yes. 2019. Yes. Uh, recommended for mature readers, but uh, we can read it. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to anyway, man. We don't care what we you are. say. Yeah. Totes. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think of that, Mike? I am stunned that Dorothy is making a return. Because, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, we haven't seen her since, what, Volume 3. And she... And she'd be dead. She, yeah, yeah. I was trying to put a, a nice tactful spin on it, but, yeah, she's dead. She's an ex-Doom Patrol member. <laughs> she she is no longer of the Doom... Anyway, um, yes, I'm really intrigued as to how they're going to write Dorothy's return. Mm. And whether it's going to stick. Yeah, whether it's her bending reality and stuff with mm. her imagination. Yeah, interesting. Very yeah. interesting. Looking forward to that. Mm. So, mm. And Becky Clennon, a uh, great artist. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, fantastic mm. work. Yeah. And she was actually involved with Gerard in trying to um, get the Doom Patrol running before Young Animal yeah, um, that's kicked true. off. So she, she was um, on the team for the, uh, the one that fell through. Yeah, because I, I believe some of her initial designs for one character ended up... Beca- well, it's still like the same outfit that uh, Casey Brink wears when she's driving um, Danny the Ambulance. It's oh, the yeah, blue yeah. and the, the yellow and pink stripes. Um, the Motorhead album cover out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's nice to see her finally, you know, get something Patrol-related, you know, out on the shelves. It's going to be awesome mm. to see. Yeah. Cool. And season two of Doom Patrol coming closer and closer to production? Yes. I think it's going to go into production in November. So, we're excited nice. for that. Nice. So, something to look forward to for next year. No, a reason to stay alive. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> anyway, speaking of reasons to stay alive, what's that ticking, Mike? That's the Doom Clock bringing you back to life, Paul. Oh, <laughs> I am reborn. <laughs> so yes, once again, it's time to look upon the face of the mighty Doom Clock, and we can see that it's been just on two weeks since we had a new Doom Patrol book on the shelves, that being issue two of Doom Patrol Way to the Worlds, which came to us from Jared Way, James Harvey, Jeremy Lambert, Abby Lupine, uh, Nick Darrington, Andy Curry, and Molly Mayhan. That issue saw Cliff Steele return to a robotic form, the team helping avert a space divorce, and the transformation of Larry Trainer into the positive man, which was a bit of a surprise. Uh, and we discussed this in our last episode, episode 148. Issue 3 of Way to the Worlds, featuring interior art by Evan Doc Shainer. Do you mind, Paul? Thank you very much. Oh, I'm a little bit excited there, sorry. Uh, issue 3 is due out September 4th, 2019. Just two weeks away, Paul. What a time to be alive. Sweet. Yes. And also, did I mention, Doc Shaner is doing the art on that issue. Mm, Beast yeah. Boy. Yes. It, it, and Doc Shaner, yep. Yeah. Uh, I cannot wait for that one. Sorry. Anyway, Paul, <laughs> are you ready for the This Week in Doom Patrol History guessing game? Bloody oath I am. Bloody oath you are. All right, I am rolling the eight-sided die of doom. You are get. Oh, jeez. You are getting three. <laughs> Three questions. Ooh. Three questions. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yes. Um. Well, I'll, I'll, because the questions are so few, I will 
uh, ask different types of questions. What volume is it part of? <laughs> volume two. Volume two. Yes. <laughs> is it? Uh, who's it written by? It is. <laughs> it's written by Paul Copperberg. Paul Copperberg. Okay. Yes. So we are in the first eighteen issues. Mm-hmm. Good. Um. I'm just going to have to have a stab, aren't I? Um, it's issue 17. No. <laughs> Complete right, just, other end of the spectrum. <laughs> issue 2. <laughs> just edit this bit out. And I'll, okay. Is it issue 2? <laughs> Paul. <laughs> Paul, no. Got it in 4. <laughs> Anyway, going on sale for 75 cents American on August 18th, 1987, with a cover date of November of that year, was issue two of Doom Patrol Volume 2. This story was titled Satellite of Doom and was brought to us by Paul Kupperberg, Steve Lytle, Gary Martin, Johnny Workman Jr., Carl Gafford, and Mike Gold. And this issue had the negative woman, Valentina Vostok, searching for her missing teammates, only to find them trapped in the underground lair of villainous would-be world destroyer, Kalki! Uh, and uh, it was revealed that Larry Trainer was still alive, and he was in that underground bunker too, and Cliff Steel Robot Man went through Kalki's chest into a different dimension, as you mm. do. Good times, good times. Uh, we covered this story all the way back in episode 26 from July of 2015, and you can find that in the Doom dossier for Volume 2 Part 1 along with all our other episodes over at WaitingForDoom.com, so you can check that out for further details. And that is it for the Doom Clock this week. What is Council of Geeks? Well, despite the name, it's actually just one kind of pretentious guy on YouTube who rants at camera a lot and just goes on and on about things like Doctor Who and Marvel movies and Star Wars and... I meant, once the Council of Geeks podcast feed? Oh, that. Well, it kind of depends on when it is you're looking at it. What does that mean? Well, it's been a lot of things at a lot of different times. Originally, it was just longer versions of roundtable talks that uh, the guy who runs the thing used to have. It was the home of 90s comics retrial for a while. Oh, I liked that show. Yeah, but, you know, then he did Executioner's Song and it broke him, so he doesn't do that anymore either. Oh. There was Go Home Hollywood, You're Drunk. Winner of the Relatively Geeky Networks Award for Best New Podcast in 2017. Yep, that's the one. That's over, too. His co-host had a kid and, well, he didn't bother ever trying to find somebody else. Oh. So what is it now? Well, at the moment, it is home to see a space cowboy, where he is just going back through Cowboy Bebop and uh, taking it one episode at a time, putting his thoughts up after not having seen the thing in about 15 years. Okay. Well, what will it be after he's done with that? Stick around, and maybe you'll find out what's next. Or catch up on the old stuff. It's still there. This is a very strange promotion. Yeah, well, he's a strange guy. Part of the show where we look at 
Doom Patrol things in the segment called Doom Splaining. And today we're looking at two Doom Patrol things, which are from Volume 5 of Doom Patrol, Issues 8 and 9, which are coincidentally the ones that we're up to if we're doing them in order, which we are. So how about that? Um, so, Mike, you, uh, you've you got Issue 8. What, what happens in that one? What's well, so much stuff happens in it, Paul. Let me tell you, Sonny Jim Bob. Whoa. First off, it's written by Keith Giffen with pencils by Matthew Clark and Ron Randall. John Livesay is on inks, Travis Lanham on letters. Guy Major did the colours and it was edited by Elizabeth V. Gerlaine and Simona Martor. Uh, the cover was by Justiniano, Walden Wong and Guy Major. And it shows Robot Man fighting a giant techno-organic looking monster. With Cliff firing a laser gun from his forearm. Which, spoiler warning, doesn't actually happen in this issue. And... That's the arm laser thing. I mean, I mean, he does fight the big monster, but does it ever bug no you? No arm com- laser. Yeah, does it ever bug you when comics do that? I mean, I know they've got to entice readers in, but it's like false advertising in a way, and it bugs me. Uh, it well, no, it doesn't especially bug me, but I'm not a continuity uh, freak like you. Um, <laughs> I I tended to. I mean, I when I first got into comics, I'd pick a comic off the shelf and you know have fantastic cover art. Mm. And then you flip inside, and it's a completely different artist, and it looked really weird. And yeah, yeah I had more problems with that, but I've right. grown used to it. So. <laughs> ah, comics, so wonderful, yet so disappointing all at the same time. <laughs> anyway, when we last saw this version of The Patrol in issue 7, which we covered in episode 146 from June of 2019, the team was still re- recovering from the events of The Blackest Night. They just had made contact with Animal Vegetable Mineral Man. Uh, Oberon, formerly associated with the Justice League, had a new job with his metahuman resource-moving company to collect all sorts of weird and wonderful items from Dayton Manor. Meanwhile, on Oolong Island, Father Rocky was alerted to the sudden and unexpected arrival of someone there, someone we know and love as Crazy Jane. Oh, it all happened there. Oof. Oof. That's just a recap. Goodness me. Wow. So this issue opens with Cliff Steele, Robot Man, hanging out with Team Helicopter Pilot Dusty, who I don't think we've seen since the opening story arc, uh, yeah. when, when Nudge and Grunt got disposed of. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yes, Cliff Ooh. is hanging out uh, with, with Helicopter Pilot Dusty at a beach pier on Oolong, and he's recounting the events of The Blackest Night and talking with her about how weird life can be. When Dusty mentions that her dad once said a person is the sum total of every decision they ever made in their life, Cliff shoots back with the fact that it wasn't his decision to wind up in a robot body. But as she leaves, Dusty counters that with it was his decision to carry on and deal with it, though. After Dusty is gone, Larry Trainer, the negative man, appears behind Cliff and states, I think I'm being stalked by a pelican. Singular. Before that conversation can get any weirder, our heroes are distracted by an explosion in the distance, and despite themselves, they run off to investigate. At the same time, elsewhere on Oolong, we see Rita Farr, a Lasta woman, standing before a bungalow, psyching herself up to enter it and confront Steve Dayton, aka Mento, boo, his, about his continued use of his powers to lurk around in her mind, such as we saw back in issue 3 of this volume, which we covered in episode 143 from May of 2019. 
Just as she's near the door, Rita is also distracted by an explosion in the distance. We soon learn that the explosion occurred at the main airfield on Oolong Island, where the security forces are in a tent standoff with Oberon's removal company. And they've just landed with all their cargo from Dayton Manor, and it's now being impounded by the security forces. Just as the arguing gets worse, the plane suddenly explodes. Cliff and Larry arrive just as firefighters declare there's someone inside the plane. And stepping forth from a large portal are two large muscular alien beings, their skin looking like building blueprints. And to cut their technobabble short, they let the assembled crowd know that they are missing a brick and will have to widen the portal to release something called a sniffer to locate it. The aliens also launch a strange flying droid gizmo thing which launches into more technobabble and Cliff and Larry suddenly realise two things. First, that these pan-dimensional gentrifiers have just declared ownership of everything and second, the portal leads to Danny the World. So just as Cliff comes up with a new plan of attack, basically sea portal smash portal, he's interrupted by a loud bronk and the giant techno-lizard dog monster thing suddenly stands before him. Everybody meet the sniffer! And that's no. the big weed monster on the cover. Yes. Still no forearm lasers, unfortunately. Mm. That's yeah. Sniffer. Yes. Uh, as the monster races off, ignoring shots from Oolong security forces, Larry releases a negative being to try and stun it, but that has no effect at all. Rita arrives just in time to witness the chaos taking place, and she embiggens herself to try and grab the Sniffer with one of her giant hands, but the beast tears her hands to shreds and escapes. Cliff continues to chase after the monster, realising it's heading towards a hospital, which is where earlier Father Rocky had been trying to get some sense out of Crazy Jane, while she kept talking about a brick she has, and that if you build it, he will come. Mm. Cutting back to the present, the sniffer bursts through the hospital walls, and Cliff holding, is holding onto its neck before getting whipped by its giant tail into a nearby wall. Robot Man yells at the security forces to hold their fire as Rocky is in the way, and suddenly he asks... Father Rocky, please tell me that ain't a brick. And Rocky replies, Brick? I, um, define brick. And the issue ends with Rocky revealing a message on the brick that he is holding. That message being, I have always relied on the kindness of strangers. <laughs> Whoa! What did you think of that issue, Paul? Oh, it's amazing. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's so funny the way Keith Giffen puts his stories together, because he... He just brings this stuff in uh, like an, another writer would build this stuff up in the background and you'd see the problem, you know, heading their way. But, you know, it's sort of like plane, boom, portal, bang, you know, and yeah. things coming coming out. And it's uh, a little bit of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and the fact that they're rebuilding reality and mm-hmm. they've decided to do something on our reality plane. Yep. Um, but they need a brick to complete their... Um, uh, Equipment or something, you know, there's, yeah, but, um, and it's Danny. Danny's here. Yeah, but, well, I think it was, yeah, it's a little bit unclear, but I think it's because a brick is missing from where they just came from and they're trying to account for all their assets. I think it's what some of the techno babble was trying to get across because a lot of it is a bit difficult to get your head around. Um, which yeah. is why I cut a lot of it, well, all of it out, really. But yeah, it's it's like they need to get this brick to to so they can balance the sheets, sort of thing, and and mm. and track down all their assets. But yeah, this was so much fun, and it moves yeah. at a breakneck speed. And oh, it's I also really liked how it builds up on the the tension, but between a couple of of things like Rita and Steve, Boo Hiss, uh, you know, it's still. 
it's harking back to what happened in in issue three, where you know he used her as a giant conduit to wipe out all the the black hole face zombie swarm thing. Yeah. Um, and she's gonna you know she's gonna give him what for eventually, but all this happened, and <laughs> and then Larry and the Pelican stuff, which is it's just, yeah. <laughs> Which is just bizarre, and I love it. And but it's it's nice that Keith brings something new in with these gentrifiers, as well as progressing the stories at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I love their chat about the pelican, where Cliff's going, "You ain't been stalked by no pelicans," and Larry says, "Pelican singular." <laughs> Cliff just looks at him and said, "Never change, man." <laughs> yeah, no. Th- this is uh, this is a lot of fun. This one, uh, and and like I, I I have read this before, and it was only this read through this time that I realised that the gentrifier skin is like blueprints. Um, yeah, and I never really noticed that before. But looking at them now, they're just like these big burly builders, and yeah, they've got blueprints for skin, which is weird and cool at the same time. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, some good art going on here. I can't tell where Ron Randall is and um, Matthew Clark is. Mm. Uh, I, it's hard to tell who's stopping where, but yeah. um, it's uh, yeah seamless, which yeah. is the way they want it. So. Yes, yes. And the sniffer looks really, you know, looks like a a cool sci-fi monster, doesn't it? Yes, yes, I do. Uh, I do like the sniffer and its bronk. <laughs> so, yeah. And Cliff's like, "I'll give you bronk, buddy." <laughs> Little bit reminiscent of a gene stealer. Little bit, little bit, little bit. Funny you little should bit. mention that. I'm sick of the sight of them after painting so many of them. Anyway, but yeah, this this was this continues to show why volume five is such a great volume. It's mm. it's action packed. It's got some continuity there with little background stories bubbling away. It's bringing us back people like Jane and Danny. And you know, in the previous issue, we had Animal, Vegetable, Mineral Man. It's really a nice bit of everything from the patrol's history and it's fantastic to see yeah and the bit where jane's hand gets completely shredded oh yeah yeah, yeah. And, and it's just this big goopy fleshy mess and it's like yeah oh, what yeah yeah now there is one thing that troubles me okay um the short-haired blonde uh, blonde woman who's mm. uh, head of security Yes. She's in this comic all the time, and they never name her till like the eighteenth issue or something. Yeah, yeah. And I, I can never remember what her name is. I think she may have been named in a previous issue, but it was so brief and like maybe in one panel that yeah, it's it's very much glossed over. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Well, that troubles me. Mm. <laughs> Anyway, uh, there's another issue. Yes, Paul, please tell us about issue nine. So Doom Patrol issue nine, it came out with a cover date of June 2010, but actually came out on April 7th, 2010. And it had a price of two ninety nine. You know why it's two ninety nine? Uh No they... Metal Men backup anymore. Oh, okay, there we go. That's better than what yeah. I was anyway, So yes. that ended with issue seven, the Metal mm. Men backups. Yes. Anyway, um, title of the comic is called Thick as a Brick, uh, written by Keith Giffen with uh, Matthew Clark penciling and Ron Randall penciling, inked by John Livesay, lettered by Patrick Brousseau, and coloured by Guy Major, uh, and edited by Elizabeth Gerlain. And it has a great cover of an embiggered Rita fighting the gentrifiers or the workers or whatever mm. you want to call them. Yeah. Yes, splendid stuff. Mm-hmm. I love it's Rita on the cover. Yes, yeah. it's action-packed, this cover. It's great stuff. Action-packed, like a chair. Yes. 
<laughs> so inside the comic, uh, the sniffer pounces on Danny the brick as Cliff wrestles it out of the hospital. He forces its mouth open and retrieves the brick. Bounding away, he is clear for a moment when the sniffer lands full on top of him, forcing him to the ground. The sniffer's stomach opens and metallic tentacles pull Cliff inside. Good grief. Inside the hospital, uh, Father Leslie, a.k.a. Rocky from the Challenges of the Unknown, insists that Jane be released from quarantine to explain the deal with the brick. Jane explains that she saved a tiny piece of Danny, but the dimensional gentrifiers have followed it here. Meanwhile, at the airstrip, an embiggened Rita holds the portal high above her head, her hand having reformed. She and Larry debate about the merits of destroying the portal when the discussion is ended by three more MSC uh, workers coming through the portal onto her head. <laughs> Larry decides to try a new trick he has been experimenting with, where he surfaces the negative energy just slightly out of his sink with his body and then uses the energy to animate his body as he starts taking on the new arrivals. Cool. Um, the yeah. sniffer returns to the airstrip and then disgorges Cliff, still clutching the brick. <laughs> the MSC bruisers are all intoning the same dire warnings about missing a brick and minimising projected project outlay. They have constructed an energy lattice around Rita so they can climb up and punch her in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Control on the brick shifts from Cliff to uh, MSE, then back to Cliff and finally to Larry, who releases the negative energy to zap the sniffer before depositing the brick inside Rita's cleavage. <laughs> yep, yep. A furious Rita yells, Lawrence Michael Trainer! <laughs> and then... <laughs> Rita shrinks suddenly, causing the energy scaffolding to collapse around her, and Cliff leaps in to grab her. The MSC workers all pause their attack to confer on the counterproductive resource allotment as the site is infected with the vermin. Uh, this pause allows Larry, Cliff and Rita to regroup, with Rita retrieving the brick from, outside, from inside her top. Uh, all this over a brick. Unwritten <laughs> words appear on the side of the brick. You must be Rita, I've heard so much about you. Rita's freakout is interrupted by Cliff receiving a call from Father Rock Rocky on his internal cell phone, uh, and he gets told if you build it, he will come, which is the advice forwarded by Jane. Cliff verifies their GPS location and then lobs the brick into the distance where it smashes one of the Oolong Island Jeep bonnets next to Jane and Rocky. Uh, the Oolong security then try to seize the brick, but Jane tosses it to the ground where a f flash of light occurs and it reveals... Danny the Bungalow! Hooray! Hey. <laughs> Jane asks Rocky to call Cliff back and tell him one more thing, and then the chimney of the newly formed bungalow spits something high into the sky. Uh, the embassy workers are listing damages and still harping on about the missing brick when a newly minted Danny brick lands in front of them. The embassy workers grab it, then pack up and leave through the portal as their surveyor assessment reveals that they have decided this dimension is unsuitable for development due to, and note this, crisis stress fractures in the dimensional fabric. Uh, they conclude this reality lacks the stability for their development and they are re-evaluating re their claim to this reality. Mm, too many crises. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, the team are reeling from this conclusion and a glowing sign appears saying their dimension is relegated to become a refuse plane, dumping by permit only. <laughs> uh, Rita then smashes the portal as the workers are all gone through now. Uh, Rita, Rocky and the Yulong security walk around Dan Danny the bungalow. Rita wonders who will come now that they built it. 
As they walk away, there is a loud pop noise, and the latest member of the Doom Patrol is revealed, all decked out in his uh, Doom Patrol badge, carrying a, a, some luggage and a toy doll. It's the infamous Ambush Bug. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. 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 Wow. This sort of wraps it all up. It does. It does. Now, you're right. I neglected to mention any of the MSE references because they did appear on the uniforms of the gentrifiers in the previous issue. But, yeah, we've seen little hints of MSE throughout the series and they're going to pick up more as it goes along. So... Yeah. Um, and when, when we saw uh, Oberon's team picking up all the the stuff from Dayton Manor and the portal sort of came to life. We could see that MSC had been in in Danny the World as well. So, yeah, there there's something to watch out for. We won't, I won't say anything mm. more. But how funny was this issue? The whole thing with, with Negative Man dropping the brick down Rita's top was just <laughs> hilarious. Um, not for not for Rita so much. Um, but she is then fuming about it for the remainder of the issue afterwards. <laughs> yeah, and she's reasoning that, you know, she won't let anyone get it there. <laughs> <laughs> and then Cliff says, stop talking now! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the banter between the team is a real delight. And, yes. Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah. Uh, they are really old friends and they're really on each other's nerves most mm. of the time. <laughs> Yes, and, and we've we've got Danny back, really, as, as Danny the Bongolo now. Another one of his many different forms. So, that was cool to see. And it was nice of Danny to contribute another brick to get rid of the gentrifiers, really. Mm, so, yeah. Yeah. But, how cool was Larry's new trick? Yeah. In the middle of the fight. How cool was that, Paul? Yeah, so he kind of uses the negative energy like armour. Mm. And, uh, yeah, he was um, zapping through things, but using Larry's body to do it. So. Yeah. But fighting on the ground, not flying around. So. No, no, yeah, it, it, it's like a, a power armor almost. And, and yeah, and, and, like, even Rita's reaction mirrored my own, because I forgot that he did that in this story. And she Rita says, what was that? Since when can you? And he's like, oh, you know, just something I tried. <laughs> very, <laughs> very humble for a change. Yeah. But, yeah, and Giffen put in a, an info dump about it at the bottom of the page to explain what was happening. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, which looks like, when you read it, because it's it's from Larry's personal journal, but it says, you know, trapdoor access, and I'm wondering if it's the chief spying on the team yet again, you know? Oh, the chief wouldn't do that? That would be unethical. It would, yeah, well, you know, and he's he's nothing but a lovely, cuddly old uncle type. The embodiment of ethics. Yes, yes. You know, all that putting multiple animal heads on the one body. Anyway, yeah, this was a very funny issue to read. Uh, And and again, action-packed and colourful and uh, so much going on. And and I like that even, yeah, when, when Danny communicates with Rita, when she gets the brick out of her top and... Danny the Brick reads, yeah, you must be reader. I've, I've heard so much about you. And she's like, oh my God, this brick knows my name. 
<laughs> Cliff says, steady reader. He says, don't give me steady reader. That brick knows my name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, for those of you who don't know, Ambush Bug is um, one of Keith Giffen's sort of creations and uh, is principally used to make fun of the DC universe. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and he's aware that he is in a comic at all stages. So, yes. um, yeah, that's why he's wearing a badge that says sales boost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing which one of us gets the issue with Ambush Bugs intro song to the Doom Patrol. Ah, yes. In a future issue, we um, we might need to organise something special for that. I think we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I also loved uh, the bit where where Rocky um, dials Cliff's internal cell phone. Uh, it's like his home number, it's listed on Oolong Island. Uh, and then Rocky gives the phone to to Jane. And, you know, Jane takes the phone and, and says, Clifford? And the expression on Cliff's face when he realises he's talking to Jane again, it's like, it's such an... For a robot, he's pretty expressive, you know? Yeah. It's, it's such a great... Great seeing that. I loved seeing that. So I just love the way that Giffen brings bits and pieces from the patrol's history together in in the one fantastic volume. It's like oh. Yeah. I actually thought he saw Jane earlier at the hospital, but I realised she was in quarantine and he didn't. So. That's right, that's right. Yeah. Um and he only saw Rocky holding the brick. So Yeah. Yeah. And then he had other things to contend with. Yes. Bronk <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. dear. But, ah, uh, man, Bronk. I, I love this volume. It's such good fun. Mm. Bronk if you're horny. Um. <laughs> Just going to note that down for possible episode titles. Bronk <laughs> if you're horny. Right. <laughs> oh yes, ah, uh, look, uh, I, I know we say this about most volumes of the Doom Patrol, but Volume 5 is one of the best ones. It's so yeah. much fun. It's action-packed. It's got great continuities, great storytelling. It's bright and colourful. Uh, there's subplots going on throughout all of it that you know do pay off towards you know as, as it starts wrapping up. If you ever get the chance to track down Volume Five, please do so. Mm. Uh, and it I, certainly feels like everything is in place for the team by the end of issue nine, as though you know it's a you know. All the pieces are on the board now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's uh, it's I I can't sing Blind Five's praises high enough. So, but mm. I think we've doom explained it pretty much. Well, this time certainly now. done a good job. Yeah. And now it's time for the mailbag of doom, where we go through your responses to the last question of the week, which was. What is your favourite fictional doorway slash portal slash gateway? And first off, we heard from Martin Gray. And Martin chimed in with the invisible time portals in UK 70s kids' sci-fi series Time Slip. It was a sharp drama far ahead of its time in its concern for the health of the planet. The idea of a time door that could be anywhere really fed my kiddie imagination. Seek it out. Okay. Have you heard of that? I had not, No. No. Yeah. Thanks, Mark. Yeah. I remember the Tomorrow People, but I don't remember Time Slip. Hmm. So. Hmm. 
Uh, we heard from Sean Ross at Secret Wars and Beyond podcast, and he said, It will be a common answer, I'm sure, but the wardrobe from the Narnia Chronicles fascinated me as a kid. I thought that all large overstuffed closets held wonders, but mostly it turned out that they hold members-only jackets and porn. Oh, <laughs> mm. really, Sean? <laughs> really? I want to hear the story of where the wardrobe came from. Like, Is there a company making wardrobes that are all dimensional portals? Is that... No, the uh, you have to read the magician's nephew, which does explain no, where the, it explains where the cupboard comes from, where the wardrobe comes from. Oh. It does, yes. <laughs> so there you go. I won't spoil it for you because I expect a book report next time. Uh, we then heard from our friend Kevin, who this week on Twitter is going by the handle of Wine Matter Elk Chive, uh, and he just sent us a picture of. <laughs> Cartoon Spider-Man standing before a cupboard with the caption, Prepare Yourself, Narnia. So I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing that's another vote for The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Uh, through a Spider-Man lens. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, we heard from Clinton at Coffee and Comics blog, and he said, uh, Entrances to Narnia, the space bridge from Transformers, those funky portals from the Masters of the Universe cartoon, uh, the Bajoran wormhole from Deep Space Nine, Ooh. and uh, just for Paul, the door to the truck in Tremors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I, I've not seen Tremors in, like, decades. Uh, is, fill me in, Paul. Um, is it just a door to a truck, or is it something else? It's literally just a truck. It's nothing special. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. oh, well. a, technically, it's probably a flap, because it's one of those army trucks. Right. So. It's it's a doorway still. So okay. It is, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I appreciate the thought, Clinton. <laughs> but yeah, Deep Space Nine, the Bajoran wormhole. That's a nice one, yeah. That's very yeah. Cool. I mean, I don't give a crap about Masters of the Universe, because I'm too old. But um, Oh, wow. Ooh. Okay. Oh, and this and Transformers. I'm never seen Transformers the movie. It's I'm the only I. person left now that Rob, nor that Rob Kelly's seen it. So. Yeah, no, I haven't seen it either. So really, really, yeah, yeah. You're I younger. Could, I thought you'd be into it. Yeah, but I just never have. <laughs> so I I can feel a special episode coming up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Michael, commentary. tell me why you haven't seen it. <laughs> Well, Dr. Quackenbacker. Um, anyway, we then heard from Long Box Love Darkness, who said, The doorways on the beach from Stephen King's Dark Tower novel, The Drawing of the Three. Each individually labelled The Prisoner, The Lady of Shadows, and The Pusher. I know it's a bit of a cheat, but they're a three-for-one deal. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, Herman. Uh, I'm, I've never read Dark Tower. Nor have I. No. Yes. So. I've been to, this, you know, Centerpoint. Um <laughs> But that's kind of light and airy. Um, we heard from Dr. Ange, and he said, Comics, the boom tube, from uh, the Jack Kirby's Fourth World. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, TV, uh, the portal in the city on the edge forever, which I think that's old Star Trek. It is. It's Star Trek, the original series, yeah. Have you seen that? I have seen that, yes. yes. Oh, okay. It's a great episode, yeah. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did this is, I'm going to offend everyone by saying, when I was a kid, Star Trek was on occasionally, and I kept seeing the same bloody episode over and over again, as you do often in the old days. Yes. Um, but I m- was much more into uh, Space 1999. I thought the effects were better, and uh, everyone said the plots on Star Trek were better, but the one I kept seeing over and over wasn't. So. Right. Okay. Mm. 
Yep, I'm offended. Uh, <laughs> we heard from Marcus V at Ida Hayes on Twitter, who said, saying the word door while affiliated with the authority. Oh, nice. Okay, you'll have to clue me in there because I've read so little of authority. Oh, basically, they say the word door and this dimensional portal just opens in front of them and it's all sort of yellow and swirling stuff. And, oh. Yeah, and they just transport through. It's, it's because of the spaceship that they have that they oh, you know, okay. travel through the bleed on, but it um, opens doors for them on demand. Right, okay. Hmm. Okay. Vaguely it recall is, that. Yeah. It, it is cool. Yep. Okay, cool. Uh, we heard from Karen from Between the Pages at BTB blog, and she said, Guardian of Forever from the classic Star Trek episode, The City on the Edge of Forever. Yeah, that's two for, for Star Trek, Paul. Yeah, yeah I, I like mean, the suburb next to the city on the edge of forever. Yeah, no, we're still offended by just... No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we then heard from The Hammer Strikes. Uh, who replied with, it's probably an odd answer, but the doors in Restaurant to Another World. Nothing super exciting, just doors that appear once a week in a fantasy world that lead to a restaurant in our world. It's a great manga and anime for those interested. Okay, cool. I, I'd never heard of that before, but I, I'm a, I don't mind a bit of manga and anime stuff, so I might have to check that one out. Sounds very interesting. Ooh, okay, yeah. yeah, I've never heard of that. Mm. Sounds better than Star Trek. Um, <laughs> Uh, we heard from Ludwig the Merciless, and their name's too long for me to read their uh, Twitter handle, uh, but it starts with the at dem. Anyway, uh, they said the 2001 A Space Odyssey monolith, Earth-X. Uh, second oh. is the Space Bridge from Transformers. Okay. Mm, okay. Right. Space Bridge. Yeah. That, that mm. maybe sounds like it's got everything. We should really watch that one day, Paul. Yeah. Uh, I like the monolith. I remember the monoliths. Okay. I don't think I've read it next, so... Mm. Um, Anyway, Trekker Talk. Uh, So this is either Ruth or Darren, or both of them, uh, chimed in with the wardrobe from The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yeah. Another one for the wardrobe. Mm. Uh, Then we heard from Sphinx Magoo, and they said, see, this is a tricky question. A gateway might look cool, but take you someplace not fun, like Example, Coraline has a gateway to a place I, that I don't want to stay. Or Stargate has an awesome gate, but I don't want to hang out where Ra is. Um, maybe I'd pick the Stargate portal for looks, but visit the alternate Earth from the DC CW shows. Hmm. Okay. Like hmm. Um, uh, the ones that uh, Vibe opens. Right. Okay. Mm. Yeah. 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 Cool. 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 We then heard from Henry Santo Jr., who replied with, always been a fan of boom tubes. Kirby had such a creative genius. Imagine Siri or Alexa being sentient and exploding holes in reality. That's kind mm. of scary at the same time. <laughs> Alexa, explode a hole in reality. <laughs> Ooh, and um, we heard from Dallin Baumgarten. I hope I said that right. And he said, for me, it's a tie between the city and the edge of forever and all our yesterdays. Uh, wait, what did you say? Ask again. Favorite Star Trek, the uh, original series episode? Uh, no. No, but we'll take them because Star Trek <laughs> yeah. is awesome and excellent and has really good stories and production values. And I've never heard of Space 1999. Anyway. What? <laughs> I have, I have. I'm just giving you shit. I've just never seen uh. it. So. Uh, Ward Hill Terry at Ward Hill Terry uh, replied with the Transmatter Cube to Earth 2. 
Oh, okay. Is that an old Justice Society, Justice League reference? Or? Uh, without the benefit of research, let's say yes. Okay, yes. 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 Uh, we heard from Anthony Perconti, and he said, uh, the Moonbeam Roads from the works of Michael Moorcock. Hmm. <laughs> Good answer, he said, to hide his lack of knowledge. <laughs> I was going to say, hmm, is Paul's way of saying, I've not read that. <laughs> <laughs> laughed Mike when he was covering up the fact that he had not read them either so <laughs> yeah. uh, we then heard from Brett Garrett at Scrap Iron Jaw on Twitters and Brett just replied with Banff which is Nightcrawler from the X-Men yeah so oh, I guess that's a portal you know where he jumps through yeah, you know, uh, teleports around so yeah yeah that works. I like the smoke yes cool. yeah uh, Michael O'Brien said the warp core from Event Horizon. What's wrong with you, Michael? That leads to hell. <laughs> yeah, I was going, well, that, that's a bit dark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We then heard from popcult.com at Todd Fry 4, who gave us a gif of uh, Rick and Morty coming through a green swirly portal thing. Oh. Yeah. The Rick and Morty fans show up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because we get them so often, you know. It's like, yeah. <laughs> and then we heard from Jonathan Dye at Changing Shades, and he said, uh, "The doors door from Neverwhere made um, just the perfect, just the perfect and practical." I just really love that story. Who wrote Neverwhere? I believe that's Neil Gaiman. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's not Tupperware. No. Um, oh, close God. second. The time travel doors from the last season of Legion. Uh, sure, you'll lose some teeth, but at least you get evil blue meanies. I haven't been watching Legion. No, I've I've not seen a single minute of it. So. I saw I saw some minutes at the start, and then my DVR didn't get the third episode. No, right. It, it's a, that's right. The first episode was double length, and it only recorded half of it. Oh, and that was like, uh, and that was yeah, and then life moved on. <laughs> Right. Uh, so, Paul, yeah. do you do you have a favourite fictional doorway slash portal slash gateway? Uh, yeah, no, I I do. Um, it's not a um, transporting dimensional doorway, but oh. it is a portal of such, and that is the gate from Jurassic Park. Um, oh, mostly because cool. my son loves Jurassic Park so much, and he recently got a massive Lego set which had the gate as part of it, and um, yeah, nice. it was super super cool. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. It's big enough that I could, you know, sit on the floor in front of it and put my face through the gate. Oh, look, you have to take a picture of that now. Now that you put oh, that out. Yeah. All right. Look, if yeah. you do that, I'll I'll sing uh, the Ambush Bug intro song for that future episode okay. of, um, of when he does that, you know. Oh, God, what am I saying? Uh, <laughs> I do consider you the more theatrical of the two of us. Um, that's possibly true. Uh, but, you like to perform. Oh, don't I just? I'm I'm a diva. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> as for my answer, um, I'm going to go with the Stargate, mainly because I I really enjoyed the series that came from that. Um, even Stargate Atlantis and Stargate Universe that came after Stargate SG One. I just loved the way they took, you know, that one movie. And expanded upon it in such a great way. And, you know, every week they were off, 
you know, exploring new worlds and, you know, getting into all sorts of danger and strife and having to map new corners of the universe using this, this fantastic gate device. I really loved that show. It was such good fun. Oh. So, yeah. What I'll, does I'll, SG-1 stand for? Uh, that's the just the team name, Stargate 1. Was like the, the so it's Stargate, Stargate 1. Yes. Okay. Yes. Like, like DC Comics stands for Detective Comics Comics. Right. Yeah. Okay. Apparently. Right. Depending on who you Good. ask. Yep. <laughs> oh, look, there's still some stuff in the mailbag, he said, segue. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got a comment from Sean Ross uh, on episode 148, and Sean wrote, Lads, so full disclosure, I have not been a fan of the way Doom Patrol run, but I gave the new volume a chance because you are very persuasive men. Hello. I did not like the first issue, which felt like it began in the middle of a longer story, probably because it did, smiley face, but I weirdly enjoyed issue two. I'm willing to try another issue, so I'm hoping the momentum continues. Cool. Mm, Doc Shana. Oh, yeah. Well, hello. Yeah. G'day. Doc Shana. Yeah. Please get the Doc Shana issue. Please. (laughs) Do it for me, because I'm so persuasive, apparently. (laughs) Yeah. Um, we got another comment from Tim Price. Unusual to have Tim on the message boards. Yeah. No, we love yeah. Tim. He, he's awesome. Him and Sean, they keep the message board alive, don't they? They do. Uh, he yeah. said, I need to get on the stick and get this issue. The mechanism and types of Cliff's upgrades is so perfectly Doom Patrol. That's, you know, he did acts of kindness and he got upgraded. Mm. Um, I'll get there, I promise. But those Amazon attack issues aren't going to read themselves. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Tim. <laughs> Tim is uh, tracking along with uh, DCOCD and reading every bad crossover at the moment, and this is after he volunteered to read Countdown to Infinite Crisis. Yeah. No, it's like Countdown to Final Crisis, much worse. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I think they call that glutton for punishment, but, um, you know, yeah. Each to mm. their own. Each to their own. God, God bless mm. you, Tim. You charming yet deceitful man. Yep. <laughs> Oh, yes. Goodness me. Anyway, mm. I, I think that's uh, pretty much us done for this week, Paul. What have we got coming up next time on the feed? Uh, next time on the feed, I think it is time for the final crisis. Ooh. The final crisis on DCOCD. Mm. And uh, when we return after that, it's probably time for another issue of the Doom Patrol. Yes. Uh, Way to the World. Mm. Um, who's that drawn by? Uh, that's going to be drawn by uh, a fantastic artist who I have had the chance to meet. Uh, I met him at HeroesCon one year. Did you know I've been to HeroesCon? A charming gent by the name of Evan, quote-unquote, Doc Shana. And, um, you know, look, if if Doc Shana... And who's your favourite writer, Paul? Uh, probably Mark yeah. Russell, I don't know. Yeah, prob- probably, probably. I was going to give you another hint of your beloved. If those two were on a book together, <laughs> you and I would probably just faint. And we it would, would. It would all be over, but yes. Uh, um, we would swoon like <laughs> 16-year-old girls in an 18th century romance novel. Yes, I would have to fan myself. <laughs> Mercy! <laughs> <laughs> yes, and then I'd, st- I'd cough blood onto a hanky, which means I'd be dead by the next chapter. <laughs> wow, that got dark quickly. <laughs> anyway, we do have a, a another question of the week, but it's a bit different. Next, uh, The next episode of Waiting for Doom is actually going to be our 150th episode. So, to celebrate that fact, we are going to be giving away a super special prize 
to one lucky fan of the show, and that is the Silver Age Omnibus uh, of Doom Patrol. So all of Doom Patrol Volume 1 in one gigantic omnibus. Uh, but The it, whole thing. The whole thing. You know, it's it's like a big, thick, chunky book. Um, I will take a photo. And, and it's got the Challengers of the Unknown issue, too. Um, I, it, it's, it does. Uh, yes, it does. yes. It's just out of arm's reach, so I can't quite... It's still Work in shrink me, wrap. Yes, I'm trying to, but God, you make it difficult. <laughs> Sorry, diva. Um, it's, it's, it's minty fresh. It's still in the shrink wrap. Uh, we have to give a big thanks to Tony at Comic Empire here in Brisbane for donating that to the show. Uh, so... What we're going to ask you to do in order to be in the running to win this fantastic prize is we want you to comment on what your favourite episode of Waiting for Doom has been. So uh-huh. you can go through and, you know, if, if you liked an episode that we did about, say, something from Volume 1, you know, if you can go to the Doom dossier on waitingfordoom.com for Volume 1, track down the episode where we discussed your favourite issue and leave a comment that starts with my favourite episode so that way we know that you've put yourself in the running. Ah, so the first person to do this will win? If I did it right now, I'd win? Uh, no. What will then happen is we will collate, or hopefully Wilfred will do all this hard work for us, we will collate all of the entries which begin with my favourite episode and a reason as to why it's your favourite episode we will collate all of those, and a name will be drawn randomly from the hat. So, and we're going to limit to one entry per person. So, we don't want someone going crazy and <laughs> saying, "I love these ten different episodes, and here's why." Uh, <laughs> so, you know, if 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 you comment on on the the episode on waitingfordoom.com, and you you begin your comment with my favorite episode and why it is, that way we will know that you have entered yourself in the running for this. Uh, and and it is open to anyone anywhere in the world. We will mail it to any listener of our show uh, to show our appreciation, uh, and I will put a photo up to show that it is a genuine prize. So have a think about what your favourite episode has been over these past five years, Paul. Can you wow. believe it? It's it's like holy jeez, you know. Mm, we we've not- grown, we've laughed, we've cried, we've had technical issues. <laughs> <laughs> We've said things that we regret. <laughs> and posted most of them live on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so that's that's uh what we're gonna be doing for the question of the week. So, you know, don't contact us directly, uh just leave a comment on what your favourite episode has been over the history of the show, and we will go through those and announce the winner on our one hundred and fiftieth episode. Ooh. Next time yeah. on the film. Wow. And we're going to um, talk it up big on uh, the social media, so yes. uh, it's not going to be all secretive and just between, you know, the bunch of you listening here. Yeah. yeah. It'll be the newcomers who came in to listen because they want the big fat Doom Patrol book for free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, like, like I said, the, uh, one entry per person, we will draw the winner... Uh, on the the next episode on 150 episode 150 so you've essentially got two weeks to get your your answer in and have a think about your favorite episode and yeah good luck to to you all it will be a random draw from we're going to draw the winner what if we don't know what they look like paul <laughs> yes yeah. probably 
getting quite late now, isn't it? It is, it is. So let's let's sign off, guys. Thanks for joining us once again. Thank you, Paul, as always. Uh, awesome fun to talk Doom Patrol goodness with you. If you want to check us out, guys, you can find us on waitingfordoom.com. You can find us on Twitter, at WFDPod. There's the Waiting for Doom Facebook page. And you can email us directly at waitingfordoom at gmail.com. Uh, so, as always, guys, be good to each other, stay weird, and don't be a crumb bum, and we'll catch you next time for more Waiting for Doom. Waiting for Doom.